Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello and welcome to a Tuesday Live right here on the early line on SportsGrid and all across the SportsGrid network. That includes SportsGrid.com slash watch, where you can find your favorite destination and consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Wright's side, and we are together for the next three hours up until 11 a.m. Eastern time. A historic night around the association that we break down on this Tuesday morning to set the stage for Rivals Week in the NBA as well that fully gets underway on this Tuesday evening. College basketball in full swing, in conference action, a change in the top 10 to bring you on this Tuesday. And of course, now just five days away from conference championship weekend in the National Football League, the two title games on Sunday will look at the early lines. Here on the early line, up until 11 a.m. Eastern, Donnie Wright side, let's have a Tuesday. Let's have a Tuesday is right. Maybe the biggest question of the day is how many three-point shots are going to fall for BYU against Houston tonight. Could that be a little bit of a teaser coming up a little bit later? But I'm excited also, Ben. How about the shoe or the wheel starting to turn here in the NFL where guys are now getting NFL head coaching Ooh. positions? One down. Could more be on the way? Jim Harbaugh, when's he signing up? Bill Belichick, people? Yeah, we got a lot to get to today, and I'm looking forward to it. The coaching carousel is starting to spin. We'll talk about mm-hmm. it in just a moment. But we start with history in the NBA. 7-0, 70 points out of Joel Embiid last night for the Philadelphia 76ers at home against the San Antonio Spurs. A matchup of the reigning NBA MVP against a future in the NBA in Victor Wembanyama in the Philadelphia 76ers win by 10, 133-123. No, the 76ers do not cover as a 13 and a half point favorite, but history in the association was made. Before we dive in, let's welcome in that Sports Grid Radio audience here opening hour of a Tuesday live on the early line Sirius XM channel 159 all of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well he is Donnie I am Ben and Joel Embiid scores 70 let me say that again 70 points last night against the San Antonio Spurs at home in Philly becoming just the ninth player in the history of the NBA to put up at least 70 points a franchise record for the 76ers the most points scored this season in the association 7-0 last night for Embiid this is a big man doing this because typically if you say hey the guy had 70 points what's your first reaction here Ben how many three-point shots did he make oh one 
He made one and scored 70 points. He went 21 of 23 from the free throw line. He actually shot 41 times from the field, making 24 of those attempts. It's one of those where, you know, around halftime, I'm already checked out. He had a nice performance going. I couldn't believe when I saw the tweets this morning that Joel Embiid had topped 70 points as a big man here. So what's the first thing we typically go to, right? And we'll talk about it a little bit later. What do those MVP odds look like? And they moved last night in Joel Embiid's favor. 70 points for a big man. And by the way, Another big man got into the 60s last night. What's in the water in the Mm. NBA where we'd say the big men are getting phased out here? Absolutely not, Ben. JoJo now the MVP frontrunner once again. It won't be the stats that hold Embiid back from his second consecutive MVP award. It might just be the minimum number of games he needs to play. We'll look at the markets moving in just a moment. But it was the night of the big man in the association. A cat goes off for 62 points. Carl Anthony Towns also scoring 62 last night for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Unlike Joel Embiid, he was nuclear from beyond the arc. He made 10 triples last night despite being a big man. But also unlike Joel Embiid and his Philly team, Carl Anthony Towns and the best in the West, the Minnesota Timberwolves, lose to the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte picking up only their 10th victory of the year after the Hornets outscore the T-Wolves by 18 in the fourth and final quarter for the comeback victory. Yeah, impressive there. I mean, my goodness. I mean, that is a crazy 21 of 35 from the field. It's like the two big men were saying, you know, I'm going to top each other as I check the scores here. But you're right. 10 of 15 from the three-point line is outrageous. 10 of 14 from the free throw line is actually just as good from three-point range than he was from the free throw line. But 62 points. But you caught a loss into a bad basketball team. It'd be one thing. It's like, hey, man, it went into Denver, dropped 62. We just couldn't beat the Nuggets. The fact that you couldn't beat the Hornets was certainly a tough pill to swallow. And that includes one of the better home teams in the NBA not providing that home court leadership in that fourth quarter. Nice win for the Hornets here, but a crazy day for Towns to actually score that many points and lose. A crazy day indeed, but for the fourth time in NBA history, we had two players on the same day score at least 60 points. A marquee matchup between the Mavericks and the Celtics out in Dallas. Second leg of a Texas back-to-back for Boston, and they win their second straight game in the Lone Star State. 119-110, propelled by Jason Tatum. 39 points and 11 rebounds. On the other side, Luka Doncic, Johnny, who missed three straight games for the Mavs back into the lineup. His second consecutive 33-point triple-double. He has 33, 18 boards and 13 dimes, but in a losing effort, the Celtics cover as a a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Yeah, Luca's been outrageous here. Beginning of the season, trying to shake it up. I wanted him to be the MVP. He's certainly putting up MVP numbers, but my goodness, if Embiid's going to drop 70 and 18s on a night-to-night basis, certainly, obviously he's not doing that, but you get the picture and the point there. But also, from the Boston Celtics perspective, we talked about the night where, hey, look at Porzingis, when Tatum and Brown didn't have a great night. Porzingis doesn't play. So what does Tatum do? 39. What does Brown do? 34. Locked and loaded, those Boston Celtics, Ben. So as we keep it rolling around the world of sports, as Donnie mentioned, the coaching carousel in the NFL starting to spin. One of the seven vacancies is no longer vacant. In Tennessee, the Titans are hiring the offensive coordinator from Cincinnati, Brian Callahan. Of course, coaching is in his blood. Former Raiders and Nebraska head coach Bill Callahan is his father. Brian Callahan set to become the new head coach in Nashville. 
Got to get offensive down there in Tennessee. Got a young quarterback. You got to mold him. That's a solid pick here. One of those that maybe the average fan's like, who is that actually? This is the way you do it. If I have a young quarterback I need to mentor, I'm going the offensive route here. So if my head coach is really good, he's not leaving for another head coaching position. So good hire there for the Tennessee Titans. He's been the OC in Cincinnati since 2019. The Carolina Panthers going internal to name a new general manager and a guy that played for the Panthers at the linebacker spot for seven seasons. Dan Morgan now takes the reins in that front office in Charlotte. Two things probably on this one you want to ask the questions on. I'm not doubting Dan Morgan. He was sensational at Miami, had a great NFL career. But has this led to believe that the top executives out there looking to go to Carolina, like, yeah, I don't know about that one here. So they go in-house. Yeah. Hope it works out for Carolina, though. We'll see. That that was my thought exactly, DRS. Maybe David Tepper a little bit sporadic for some of the best in the front office. We'll see what Dan Morgan does doing forward. The Detroit Lions adding some tight end help, signing three-time pro bowler Zach Ertz. He should be there for conference championship Sunday in Santa Clara. And quickly here, some Australian open action. Coco or Corey Goff now in the semifinals on the women's side. Novak Djokovic knocks off Taylor Fritz to advance to the semifinals on the men's side. His 33rd consecutive victory at the Australian Open. Around the association, a historic night up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Day. A historic night in the NBA. 70 points scored by Joel Embiid last night in Philadelphia in his 76ers, a double-digit victory. It was a big-man battle between the reigning NBA MVP in Embiid facing Victor Wembanyama in the San Antonio Spurs for the first time. A great moment, moment before the game even tipped last night, Donnie, as they came out on the floor for layup lines right before we got the tip. And Joel Embiid, who is seven feet tall, walks past the seven-foot-four Victor Wembanyama and even goes, oh, that guy is pretty tall. But it was Embiid that got the best of Vic last night, who had 33 of his own. But the celebration is for Embiid. 70 points, a Philadelphia 76ers franchise record, the most points scored in the NBA this season, the ninth player ever in the history of the NBA to reach the 70-point benchmark in a single game. 
and he had a career-high 18 boards as the Sixers get the win, 133-123. No, they do not cover as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite, but still a double-digit victory in a 70-point night for Joel Embiid. And sometimes also, here's what you love about your teammates, right, Ben? Because in the flow of the game, they scored 133 points. Keep in mind, Joel Embiid had 70 of those. But you take a look at the shot attempts from the starters. Three out of Batum, 11 out of Harris, 15 out of Maxi, and only six out of Oubre. When you have a historic night, it is your duty as your teammate of Joel Embiid's to keep on feeding the beast to see how high that number can go. It's not like, hey, I got to get mine still in the second half. Like, imagine OKC back in the day with Kevin Durant, James Harden and Westbrook. KD will be heating up about to get 50 and Westbrook. Hold on now. Hold on. This quarter is mine. Let me try to catch you here behind it. No, get out of the way and let greatness happen. And also keep in mind, it wasn't a one-way effort. Like Ben Wright, hey, I'm just going to leave on the defensive end to try to cherry pick on offense to score points. And beat at 18 rebounds, which probably means yourself like, well, you know he didn't pass the ball one time. No, he still had five assists in this basketball game, which is insane. And also, he's a big man here, doing it from all over the court. And I can't say it enough. The game evolving for him as an MVP last year, which he could have been the MVP the year before, didn't win it, but finally got it last year. It's like, okay, my NBA career is basically, that's the cherry on top and I got it. To improve his game in the offseason and come back with a better version of his MVP self for the Philadelphia 76ers is outrageous. They're 29-13 and now in the season, but my goodness, I just need this version of Joel Embiid to somehow come up and stand on one in the second round of the NBA playoffs to get a victory because he's been outrageously good, Ben, this year. Philly has won six straight games as well as the favored side. They won by double digits. They didn't cover as a 13-and-a-half point favorite against San Antonio, but they are still 23-10 and 10 against the number. Fourth best cover percentage in the NBA, booked as the favored side this year. The only team that is near the top of the league, nearing 70% in that cover percentage, that has been booked as a favorite 14 times or more this year. Again, 23-10 and 10 against the spread. For San Antonio, the only team in the Western Conference still with a single digit in their win column. They did cover last night, booked as the underdog. And Victor Wembanyama was great. A 33-point performance out of Vic. It just pales in comparison, given what Joel Embiid did in the matchup. San Antonio has been an underdog in 40 of their 43 games now. They are 18-22 and 22 against the spread. So as we roll through history in the association, we shared Carl Anthony Towns scores 62 in Minneapolis last night for the Timberwolves. Wolves just the fourth time in NBA history on a single night two players score at least 60 points but Cat and his T-Wolves got outscored by the Charlotte Hornets by 18 points in the fourth and final quarter as they tried to feed Carl Anthony Towns all the shots he could get to maybe tie Joel Embiid with 70 and the T-Wolves lose at home against the Charlotte Hornets just the third home loss for the best team in the Western Conference the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, by the way, if that's the way it actually went down, because I didn't watch this basketball game, but let's be good teammates once again and say, we don't care what the score is. Let's see how high Cat can get on the numbers, knowing that Joel Embiid scored 70 points. That would be really impressive here. 
technically it wouldn't be because you lost the game and it's supposed yeah. to be all about winning the basketball game. But my goodness, first of all, Charlotte came into that game single-digit wins on the season. You take a look at the Timberwolves at home before this game tipped off, 17-3 and on your home court. This should be an easy victory here. Now, granted, it looks like Carl Anthony Towns was the only offensive weapon to show up with the 62 points. Out of Alexander, you got 18, but also Anthony Edwards, only nine points in this basketball game, and you barely got anything off of the bench. But still, even if you were just trying to feed the beast to get him to 70 points, there's no excuse to give up 36 fourth quarter points yeah. at home to the Charlotte Hornets and take a loss in that one. That should have been an easy victory entering into the fourth quarter that turned into a disaster for the Minnesota Timberwolves, Ben. As Donnie well knows, Minnesota's coach Chris Finch said after the game, it was an embarrassment to the sport of basketball. What we did in the fourth quarter, we got what we deserved. Fourth home loss for Minnesota this year. Still the second or still still the second best record in the NBA. Best out in the Western Conference. A half game advantage over OKC, who handed Minnesota only its third home loss of the year earlier over the weekend. Two straight home losses for the T-Wolves. Elsewhere, a Around the NBA, second leg of a road back-to-back for Boston, second leg of a back-to-back on the road in the Lone Star State. And the Celtics have won each of those two games by nine points against the Houston Rockets and last night in Dallas against the Mavs, 119-110. The Jays, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, 39 points for Tatum, 34 for Brown. They combine for 73 as Boston goes into Dallas and covers as a two and a half point favorite. Yeah, by the way, singing the praises yesterday of Derek White comes in with a six-point performance, two of 12 from the field, which included one of seven from three-point range. But you have so many superstar players that can fill in. Porzingis sat this one out after having a great game in the game previous the night before. And then you have Tatum, who didn't perform very well, 39 points. Same thing with Jalen Brown at 34 points. This team is extremely deep. That's why they have the best record in the NBA at 34 and 10, 14 and 9 away. They do have a pristine home court advantage, which they recently did take a loss there. But you can't win every single single game at home you try to level up your own back-to-backs against a quality opponent on the road pulling out victories like this that's a nice win for the Boston Celtics 14 and 9 straight up on the road now 9 12 and 2 against the spread the Dallas Mavericks started off the year terrible covering numbers as the dog just 2 and 8 against the number they entered last night covering in six of their last seven five outright victories out of those six covers but both of the covers they have dropped now in their recent two games with Luka Doncic back in the fold despite 33 point triple doubles Doncic last night 33 points 18 rebounds and 13 dimes albeit in a losing effort the Cleveland Cavaliers the hottest team in the NBA winners of eight in a row including a dominant performance yesterday on the road in Orlando 126 99 the Cavs cover Donnie as a two and a half point road favorite against the Magic that's pretty impressive, too, because Orlando coming into that game, Ben, 14-6 and six on their home court. But you're right. The Cleveland Cavaliers have turned up the gas. We expected them to be a really good basketball team entering into the season. One of those teams just on the outside of the big three in the East. Maybe this is the year they can crash that party. They didn't start out all that well, but certainly hitting the gas pedal. And that's Donovan Mitchell, 25 points yesterday, but also added 13 assists to go with that he's been great here let's see what the Cleveland Cavaliers can be this is now the team I thought they would be at the start of the season gaining momentum at the right time 
Sam Merrill. Yes, Sam Merrill is the leading scorer for the Cleveland Cavaliers last night. 26 points off the bench. She was the final draft pick in the 2020 NBA draft. Now in his fourth NBA season. The Cavs as a favorite and away this year. 10-7-1 against the spread. Donnie, a big night in Phoenix as well. The Suns stay red hot. Six consecutive victories for Phoenix and a buzzer beater for Kevin Durant, who double-clutched in the air to avoid the block attempt from Alex Caruso. Kevin Durant scores 43 points with the game-winning shot, and he'll be left behind in history because Joel Embiid had 70, and Carl Anthony Towns had 62. More around the association coming your way up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The changing markets all around the association and following a historic night, believe me, they changed. We focus on the individual race for the NBA MVP award during this 2023-24 regular season. And before we dive into the odds, Donnie, I think it bears repeating of the new requirements this year to be considered for NBA awards and all pro teams around the association. You need to play at least, bare minimum, 65 of your team's 82 regular season games to be in consideration for those after-season honors. So now we go into the MVP award market, where after a 70-point 18-rebound performance last night in Philadelphia. Joel Embiid, once again, is booked as the favorite to win the NBA MVP. Of course, the reigning MVP award winner, who has really jockeyed for position with Nikola Jokic throughout this NBA campaign. But you'll see on the far left, Joel Embiid's price just over a week ago to win that MVP award at 9-1. to Why was it plus 900? Joel Embiid has already missed 10 games this year for Philadelphia. Not much more room for time to be off the floor for Embiid. 9-1 to just over a week ago, Donnie. Embiid is the favorite once again following a historic performance at plus 130. Yeah, and also rightfully so. It's almost like, what have you done for me lately? Which Embiid has been great the entire season. But if we go back since December, Ben, how about averaging 40 points a game 12 rebounds and five assists. 
This is a center we're talking about. These are the things that we've never seen before, which always adds to it. But also, let's remind ourselves, take away the 70-point game last night, which, again, was a big bump in his MVP odds. But they played the Denver Nuggets and the Koliokic head-to-head, and they won that basketball game, and Embiid went off in that game. So you're having one of the more Mm -hmm. sensational week-and-a-half runs you can possibly have. And again, dating back to December 1st, he is the best player in the NBA, but also in the biggest moments where the national media is watching, like a game against Jokic, where that might decide the MVP. He had a wonderful game here. And then tax on 70 points last night. And also, this isn't one of those things where it's like, hey, I get 22, 23, 20, 70. He's been dropping 30-plus points every single night. And also, you take a look at the NBA landscape as it is. You think teams are coming in like, hey, you know, just let Joel get his points and we'll defend everybody else. Like, no. Your one goal going up against the 76ers is stopping Joel Embiid, and he doesn't care. His game is so fluid on the offensive side. It's incredible here, and he's showing everything at the right moment now. He's been incredible. Donnie, when this market really started to move, that you saw Embiid there with a 9-1 to price to win the Most Valuable Player Award, was when he missed three straight games prior to returning last Monday against the Houston Rockets. This was last Sunday, January 14th, on that left side of those two columns. And then he returns against Houston. He goes off for 41 points and 10 boards. And then the very next night against Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets, he goes off for 41 and 10. The night prior against Houston, it was 10 boards. Against Jokic, it was 10 dimes, along with those 41 points. He mentioned how many nights in a row he has scored at least 30 he has scored at least 30 points in 21 21 straight games for the philadelphia 76ers who oh by the way have won six straight games as well and as we compare things donnie in terms of overall record philadelphia is 29 and 13 denver the reigning nba champions 30 and 14 a one game differential in the loss and win column denver one more win philly one less loss but technically the better winning percentage at this point is with Embiid's 76ers is that going to be a component of this race we shall see of course as Embiid grows shorter plus 130 to win that NBA MVP award everybody else in the market Nikola Jokic Shea Gilgis Alexander Luka Doncic Giannis Jason Tatum and so on and so forth their numbers grow longer for instance at this time just over a week ago it was Nikola Jokic booked as the favorite plus 170 less than a dollar added on at plus 250 before we dive into the very top of this market and what will influence this race Donnie I want to ask you this Do you think it's only a two-person race for the MVP award? Or can somebody like a Shea Gilgis-Alexander or a Luka Doncic, who's had two consecutive nights of 33-point triple-doubles, by the way, and still his number grows longer, can somebody else get into this race? Or is it the Joker versus Joda? Well, I mean, it looks the way it's being priced out here. There are three legitimate guys in the conversation, and SGA is in there at plus three sixty. Like, if it would have started, let's just say SGA at that nine to one price with Luka Doncic is now, then you would yeah. probably say it's really going to be hard to topple Embiid and Jokic. Now, granted, there's a long way to go. Injuries do happen. Well, let's remove injuries from the equation. Let's say Embiid plays the required amount of games, and so does Nikola Jokic, and they also play well. What's it going to take here for the other guys to sort of climb up that ladder? It would be SGA yeah. and Oak. 
KC to knock down that number one overall seed, and he's the catalyst dropping 30 points every single night. It would be Luka Doncic and the Mavericks making a run to get that number one overall seed where he's the catalyst getting triple-double after triple-double after triple-double. But the crazy part about it is, Ben, we're so desensitized sometimes by numbers now. And you say, well, Donnie, why would you say that? You just said you love Joel Embiid getting 70 points. Yeah, that's a rarity. But as you said, like, Luka Doncic dropping a 33-point triple-double. Like, yeah, well, he does that all the time, and we've seen that before. It's crazy how our yeah. numbers are wrapped around the new NBA because in the past it used to be like, wow, they scored 110 points in that game. Now it's like 110 yeah. points. They didn't even do anything on offense that night. You need 130s, 140s, and 150s here, which send these numbers into the stratosphere. Like Giannis Antetokounmpo is having a great season at a 12-to-1 price, but it's almost like we've seen there and done that. The guys that are doing crazy things now, all of a sudden, not the guards that were used to scoring a lot of points, Ben. We're enthralled by the big men going like, how are big men dropping 70 points and 62 points? And Jokic yeah. averaging, averaging basically a triple-double on a night-to-night basis. As you pointed out, every night Joel Embiid is getting 30 points as a big man. These are things we haven't seen before, which is why they're leading the race. Once we see things that, like, look, nobody's ever done this before, we tend to vote yeah. for those guys more than other guys just having unbelievable seasons like Luka Doncic. Think about the NBA MVP winners here in recent history in the last half decade. Last year, it was Joel Embiid. The two years prior, it was Nikola Jokic in back-to-back seasons. And the two years prior to that, in two consecutive years, it was Giannis Antetokounmpo. Guys that are at least 6'10", if not 7 feet, international players that can do it all. It is the evolution of the NBA. The last time we saw a 7-footer score 70 points... And he did not attempt more than two threes in a game. It was probably Will Chamberlain who, oh, by the way, Joel Embiid broke his record with the Sixers organization. I believe he had 69 prior to last night. He scored that 100-point performance, of course, the most ever in an NBA game when they were the Philadelphia Warriors. So technically, the Golden State Warriors' current franchise all of that to say Donnie to me it seems like a two-guy race I understand what Shea Gilgis Alexander is doing he's going to be an all-pro he's going to be an all-star all-NBA this year and he should be in consideration and if Oklahoma City who right now has the second best win percentage in the Western Conference only a half game behind the Minnesota Timberwolves does earn that number one overall seed out west SGA is going to be a cart a part of this conversation but I think what would benefit guys not named Nikola Jokic and even Jokic in this conversation as well is if Joel Embiid does not reach that 65-game minimum to be in consideration for the NBA MVP award. Again, he's already missed double-digit games. He has seven to work with. That could be rest, maybe a couple of nagging injuries in this long season in the NBA And the reason I say, Donnie, I'm focused on a two-guy race for this NBA MVP award is you might be thinking, guys, it's January. We're already diving into the MVP race like the market has moved this significantly, and this is where it's going to be for the rest of the year. We're already past the midway point of this NBA season. We are now officially into that home stretch, the second half of this NBA campaign. So, yes, it is worth paying attention to where these numbers have moved. Joel Embiid is the NBA's leading scorer, unsurprisingly, 36 points per game. Nikola Jokic is still putting up the stats as well. But if we're going just stat versus stat, player versus player, Joel Embiid gets the nod right now. I think the only question, which is hard to quantify, Donnie, in terms of how you approach that odds board, is if Joel Embiid will play 65 regular season games. 
I, and again, granted on a, let's just say, a injury, right? I twist my ankle, I need right. three weeks off. Or I hurt my knee, I got inflammation, I can't play for three weeks, so I'll get knocked out. But also keep in mind right now, this is probably the best price you're going to get on Joel Embiid until you get maybe, like, what, three games to go in the season. The reason I bring this up, the Sixers are still going to be smart here. They're not going to say, hey, Joel, uh, play every game every night until seven games are left in the season, then we'll give you some days off before the playoffs. In order for him to be in right. top peak position here, you got to give him his normal rest days, which probably will lead you like a three-game swing by the end of the yeah. season that says, okay, these are built in for injury. And if he doesn't get it, oh, well. Now, also the Philadelphia 76ers do want to win a championship. But there is something to be said about you owe it to your player to do historic things. A back-to-back MVP here, even if he's not up to par, maybe he should take an extra day off. You leave that up to the player because you're not going to tell, hey, look, I know if you didn't finish with 64 games, you would have been the MVP, but take this night off. That's nonsense. He's going to play through it, and the Sixers should let him do that. But keep in mind, this number tightening up because it will be razor thin over that final two weeks, Ben, where we're going to be doing multiple shows going like, man, if MB gets injured, he's going to be, you know, he's already at the threshold, and those numbers will be priced accordingly at that point. What if he plays like 63 games? Do you think the (laughs) NBA League office that has instituted this rule for this first season will be beholden to it? That's my question, Donnie. I wonder how sticking to their guns the NBA would be if Joel Embiid plays 63 or 64 games and has this historic type season that we are seeing play out at this moment. It's also a three-team race, it seems, in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics, 34 wins. The Bucks, 30 wins. And the Sixers, 29 victories as well. NFL by herself. Playoff aftermath up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Live right here on this Tuesday on the early line on SportsGrid. The NFL's Final Four that will go into conference championship Sunday looking for a spot in Super Bowl 58. There are 32 NFL organizations, only four left standing in the chase for the Lombardi Trophy during this 2023 NFL campaign. That means the 28 others are answering questions and looking at their future entering 2024. Some of those teams are recently into the offseason following postseason exits during the divisional round. We will look at the aftermath 
of the divisional round and what is ahead for those playoff contenders that we have seen now exit the postseason. We do that in NFL Buy or Sell. DRS, there was a guy that used to come on the morning after, and he often could appear across the Sports Grid Network. His name is Dan Fates. He works in Rochester. He covers the Buffalo Bills. He had a package yesterday at the end of the Buffalo Bills season where Dawson Knox was his lead soundbite that compared the end of this campaign for Buffalo in 2023 to every other one, Groundhog's Day, because for the third time, in the last four years, where the Buffalo Bills have won an AFC East divisional crown under Josh Allen, they were bounced from the playoffs by the Kansas City Chiefs. For the second consecutive year, they were bounced in the divisional round at home. For the third consecutive year, they exited in the divisional round, a step away from a conference championship appearance. And yet, in all four of those seasons, the Buffalo Bills have never appeared in a Super Bowl matchup so when you think try to think of what is that common denominator what is going wrong what can they point to in that bills franchise for this is the issue and this is what we have to change the question really has not been answered of course you have to look at the head coach seven years for sean mcdermott at the helm of this bills organization in six of those seven years the lovable losers that were buffalo have appeared in the playoffs a 73 and 41 regular season record but only five playoff victories to show for it and again not an appearance in a super bowl despite having golden opportunity after golden opportunity to do so. So buy or sell, the Bills have a Sean McDermott problem. I'm selling that. This is the best run since the early 90s under Marv Levy, where they went to four straight Super Bowls here. And granted, didn't win a single one of those here. You're finally having sustained longevity of winning, which means winning your conference, excuse me, winning your division and getting into the playoffs and making runs. Now, granted, you are hired to be fired in the NFL, just like professional sports, if you don't have the ultimate goal. That's winning a championship in your sport, which McDermott hasn't done. Quite frankly, hasn't even played for one by making it to the Super Bowl. But I don't think the issue with the Buffalo Bills is Sean McDermott. The issue with the Buffalo Bills is Patrick Mahomes is in the AFC, a generational mm. talent that you just can't pass through. Have you watched any of these football games and said to yourself, well, Sean McDermott is the reason why they can't win this game. Oh, Sean McDermott missed that field goal late in the football game. Oh, look at that. Sean McDermott, you know, on a 13 seconds left play called the defense. Well, granted, he wasn't even the defensive coordinator at that time. I believe it was Leslie right. Frazier for that Kansas City game. So he took it over and said, well, he didn't win this year. Did you see how many injuries the Buffalo Bills had on defense and we're still a competent defense all the way through here. I don't blame Sean McDermott. That would be wrong to get rid of him because sometimes you could just see when, let's just say your teams aren't ready to play. The Buffalo Bills aren't going into football games where I say to myself, boy, this team just really didn't really look up for the challenge. They're getting beat by elite competition and sometimes that just happens. If Patrick Mahomes was in the NFC, the Buffalo Bills would have probably played for multiple Super Bowl opportunities already under Sean McDermott. It's not an excuse but he's not the issue in Buffalo for me, Ben. Three of the four years that they have won the AFC East, the team that has knocked them out of the postseason has been the Chiefs. 2020 AFC Championship game in Arrowhead. 
Kansas City was dominant. Very next year in the divisional round, the 13-second game, the overtime game, 42-36, the victory for KC, and of course, just two days ago on Sunday evening. The only blame I give Sean McDermott mainly for Sunday was that ridiculous adjustment to call the fake punt deep in their own territory, but it actually came out to not hurt Buffalo because McCall Hardman fumbled it through the end zone. I don't know necessarily what the issue is. I think Donnie's spot on. It's not what's happening in Buffalo internally. It's that we have a generational type franchise and dynasty led by Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes as the starting quarterback. But when there is an issue, often it is on the head coach to change the energy, to change the vibe. Something just needs to be different for this team to reach that ultimate ceiling. I'm going to sell that it's Sean McDermott's fault in Buffalo, but something clearly is not working out because at a certain point, even if it is Kansas City, you have to take advantage of the opportunity to get past Kansas City. And unlike 2020 postseason and 2021 playoffs in the National Football League, this time the game was in Buffalo. And last year it wasn't Patrick Mahomes it was Joe Burrow all right now we move it forward to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after three years with Tom Brady and a Super Bowl championship to show for it what were they going to do the Bucs after the Tom Brady era they turned to Baker Mayfield and I'll put my hand up I sat here on this desk on this show throughout the early portion of the offseason into training camp with Donnie and said, Baker Mayfield is going to start the year for the Buccaneers, but Kyle Trask is going to end it. Boy, was I wrong. Baker Mayfield leads them in to the divisional round. Two costly interceptions, bookending the game in Detroit in the Motor City on Sunday. Opening offensive drive, not his fault, off the hands of Mike Evans. And, of course, with a minute and 35 seconds remaining in the fourth and final quarter, intercepted by Derek Barnes. But as you look at the whole of this season, Donnie, for Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers, buy or sell, Tampa Bay has found their quarterback in the future in Baker Mayfield. They did because he's still relatively young in the NFL. And also, let's keep in mind, how do you typically get your franchise quarterback, Ben? It's through the draft. Yeah, Tampa Bay drafts 26th in the first round. So chances of you getting your franchise guy at that number, probably not going to happen. And also, Baker Mayfield is going to cost you some money. But just like every other quarterback that's going to reach free agency and or a chance to get franchise tag, it's expensive. We get the benchmark. Daniel Jones is a terrible NFL quarterback. He makes $40 million a year. That's the start. Because the shock of the sticker price usually gets to people. Oh, if they could bring Mayfield back at like 20 million. No, that doesn't happen in the NFL anymore. Mayfield is going to be a $45 million a year quarterback if he re-signs with the Buccaneers. That's the going price of what it is. But you look at the alternatives. It's not easy to find quarterbacks. And quite frankly, Ben, they lucked out by getting Baker Mayfield. When Mayfield left Cleveland because he was injured and couldn't perform in that final season, which I've always said, if he just took that approach, or I'm going to be selfish and go on the IR, let's just say in week seven, he would have still been their quarterback. Quarterback, they never would have went after Deshaun Watson, which they did, which forced him to Carolina. And I bought into him to Carolina, and he was bad because that organization is bad. So you sort of got a guy yeah. saying, hey, you know what? This might be my last trip around the block here to try to be a starting quarterback. Let me make it work. And he did. And you could tell the guys play for him. If you are a wide receiver, you love Baker Mayfield as your quarterback because if your open, he throws you the football. If you're double covered, he throws you the football. He's going to be your quarterback there. I'm buying Baker Mayfield's the future quarterback here of the Buccaneers.
I'm buying it as well, at least for the foreseeable future, the next two, three seasons in Tampa. This year was a wild success for the Buccaneers. We all expected the NFC South to probably have a divisional champ that was either below 500 or a game above 500. Nine wins, 10 wins probably solidifies your divisional championship before the year even got underway. But the Buccaneers entered this year with a worse win total in the preseason than even that of the Carolina Panthers. It was six and a half for Todd Bowles and the Bucks. I thought Todd Bowles was going to be fired at the end of this season. Not the case. Baker Mayfield, 4,044 passing yards. That was top 10 in the NFL throughout the regular season. Out of quarterbacks that started double-digit games this year, ninth best passer rating in the National Football League as well. The future is now in Houston. Yes, not the result they were looking for on Saturday in Baltimore against the number one overall seed in the AFC, losing 34-10. to 10. But for a team with a rookie head coach in D'Amico Ryans and a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud that had a win total of six and a half before the year got started to win double-digit games, appear in the playoffs, and win the AFC South, you can see how much profitability the Texans would have bought, brought you this season. So buy or sell moving forward, Donnie. The Texans will win a Super Bowl in the next five NFL seasons. I'm selling it. And the reason I'm selling, I'm going to explain in a second. If this was 10 years, I would buy it. You say, well, what's the difference here? Of course, 10 years gives you longevity here. C.J. Stroud is a wonderful young quarterback. This is a good football team that's going to be on the rise. This is going to be a perennial playoff contender. But when I went back and said, well, what does the AFC have to offer? I was really astounded because the guys I'm going to talk about, it felt like they've been around 20 years, and sooner or later the time is going to run out on those. Lamar Jackson, he's going to win his second MVP. He's 27 years old. Patrick Mahomes yeah. feels like he plays in every single Super Bowl. He's 28 years old. Josh Allen, who you get angry with because the Buffalo Bills haven't got to the pinnacle we think they could reach, he's 27 years old. Like, if you would have asked me before that, said, Donnie, without even looking, oh, well, Mahomes got to be at least, you know, turning 30 this year. And Lamar Jackson, yeah. my goodness, felt like he's played since 2010. These guys are so young here. It's not me knocking the franchise of the Texans. But if I'm getting these three generational quarterbacks absolutely in yep. their prime the next five years for the Houston Texans to win a Super Bowl, that is a tough task. Because also, Ben, you bring up those three quarterbacks. They're all in the AFC. you got to get through those three guys to just get to the Super Bowl and then win it yep. here. So if that number was 10 years, I would vote yes. But in five years, I'm just playing the odds. Those three dominant quarterbacks here that you're going to have to knock out in the playoffs on a year-to-year -year basis, I'm just going to say no. I'm going to sell the Texans winning a Super Bowl in the next five years, and not because I don't like that franchise or C.J. Stroud. Those roadblocks are outrageous. Those three guys are 28 or younger, as is Joe Burrow. Who, listen, it wasn't the year the oh. Bengals expected it to be. Yeah. But Joe will be back, and he's only 27 at this point. Can the Texans win a Super Bowl? Sure, I buy that. The definitive statement of will they? I have to sell just because of how much of a gauntlet the AFC is and will continue to be, at least at this current stage. Jordan Love might be one of the best quarterbacks already in the NFC. Could it be more than three decades of consistent success at the quarterback position for the Green Bay Packers? Jordan Love since week number 11, Donnie, where the Packers won seven of nine games entering this division around. He averaged better than 260 passing yards per game, 23 touchdowns to only three INT. So buy or sell, Jordan Love is officially the next great Packers quarterback.
I'm going to sell that here because who he's stacking up against here is quite crazy. And also, the, the question was the next great Packers quarterback, which means he's on the lineage of, okay, you're going to have to play at least 15 to 20 years in that Packers uniform. I don't know if that's going to be the case. But also, how long have we watched Jordan Love play great football for one season? You don't want to have that quote, even though he's older, that sophomore slump yep. that's starting again next year. And the guys have to have an entire offseason to watch what you've actually done well. I think he is a very good quarterback and ascending here, but it's very early to say he's the next great quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, knowing who that franchise has had. And again, much like yeah. C.J. Stroud, I'm not knocking what I think he can be. I just haven't seen enough. Maybe we'll revisit this next year when the Packers have won that division and made a charge to the Super Bowl. Individual accolades for Aaron Rodgers, but only one Super Bowl championship. He knows getting bounced by the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs as well. I'm going to buy it. I think the vibes in Green Bay with a very young roster all built around Jordan Love are high. I think the Packers are going to be a contender in the NFC the next few years. We end out hour one next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Come. Ending out hour number one of the early line live right here on this Tuesday. We no longer have Monday night football, so it's big Monday deep into college basketball season in conference action. It was a showdown yesterday in Chapel Hill in the ACC. And speaking of conference action, that is where North Carolina has excelled. The Tar Heels move up to number three in the country despite all the chaos around them in the AP Top 25 because Donnie UNC is now a perfect 8-0 and in ACC play in a dominant 21-point victory yesterday at home inside the Dean Dome against Wake Forest. 85-64, the victory for the Tar Heels. They cover as a 7.5-point home favorite. They have covered in six of their last seven games, under in all six of those covers as well. A total that even screamed up to 159.5 from 155 hook stays under. And that man on your screen, R.J. Davis, a career-high 36 points for Carolina. Yeah, he was really good last night. I watched a bit of that first half, and it was touch and go. Wake Forest was hanging around. The halftime lead here was for Wake Forest. So you see that final score, 85-64. Yeah. to 64. That's putting a stamp on that victory because also keep in mind, it's not like Wake Forest came in as chumps here in the ACC, Ben. Five and two in the ACC heading into that game. That's a big win for North Carolina, pulling away in the second half as the dominant team.
And as we go to the Big 12, Kansas was the third-ranked team in the country last week in the AP poll. The Jayhawks fall to number seven in the land because they were upset by West Virginia in Morgantown over the weekend. They were back at the fog last night, and they bounced back with a victory, 74-69. KU wins by five but does not cover Donnie as an eight-and-a-half-point home favorite. I thought they would cover us as eight and a half. You saw the tie at the break, but that lead in the second half was anywhere between seven to ten points for the remaining ten minutes of that game. And I believe even an eight-point lead with a minute to go. Make your free throws, miss your free throws, couple late shots. Cincinnati got the cover. That's a good, solid performance by them, even if they don't come away with a victory. Kansas four and two straight up in the Big 12, but just two and four against the spread. Hour number two of this show starts in less than a minute. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 